glad you guys are good. You sound good. Now that you don't own everything. <laughs> well, listen. You should be happy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, you see what they're doing? They're just trying to take God's place, the WEF. They said you'll, uh, you'll own nothing and be happy. Yeah. That's God's word, not theirs. Yeah. They're stealing his concept. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but they'll own it, not God. <laughs> they're asking for more trouble, aren't they? Yes, sir. Yes, they are. Amen. So everybody tithed, everybody given, let's pray. Let's pray over that. Everybody close your eyes. Father, we just say thank you for setting us free from ourselves. Thank you for setting us free from all the things that money has put on the people of this world. We are not of this world, but we are in it. And Father, we see how money has, has pierced many people's souls, pierced their hearts through with depression and wickedness and, and spirit of control and the spirit of lust. And we just thank you, Father, that we can wake up every morning knowing that you know what to do with, our 90, with the 90 that you give us. You know how to increase it and you know, how to, uh, uh, you know when to trust us with it and where to put it, how to work with it so that it can not just make a living for us, but we can actually learn to make a laugh. That's what we're looking for, Lord. We're looking for life in every aspect of our hearts, whether it's our family, whether it's friendship, health, you name it. Most of all, Lord, we need to get it from in the, in the department of money because money seems to have a very deceptive spirit behind it. And we thank you for, for saving us from that spirit, showing us the truth. In Jesus' mighty name, we all pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Lekker. So, um, yes, I don't know how many of you guys are actually awake because half the church was jawling last night, and that's why there's such a, like a slow feel in the atmosphere. I don't think Bash has even slept. Have you slept? Yeah. Ah. I mean, in my dreams, I slept. <laughs> you mean you dreamt? I dreamt. Okay. I did dream. I did awesome. Dream. I was but saying, you, you guys did uh, part two of Eyes Wide Shut. Huh? <laughs> uh, do you want to dance or what? <laughs> What's happening? Are there, was there an entanglement? I thought he was going to get entangled. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Proactive. I like it. Awesome. So, guys, how have you enjoyed the New Testament reality? The two months, I think it's two months almost that we've been doing it, I mean? Uh, yeah. I think it's about seven parts. Seven parts? Seven parts, yeah. Oh, cool. How many of you guys feeling like more new? More new. More new in the New Testament reality. Amen? Amen. So today is different because remember we said at the end of every uh, series, we're going to do some feedback and we're going to do some discussion so that we can see that we're not wasting our time. Yeah. <laughs> we get up here and give a lot of uh, time. We give a lot of energy. We put a lot of theory. We give you so many messages. We give you this. But we want to know, see, because we're into discipleship. Yeah. Are you with me? We want to know if the word is actually discipling your mind and your emotions. That's it. We want to know if the word that we are teaching is really having an impact and disciplining the way we think and the way we feel and the way we act. Yeah. Amen? Because um, that's what discipleship's all about. You see, if we really wanted to, folks, we could uh, put you guys under works and we could say, guys, 
every single one of you better have 20 people in here every Sunday. Just, you know, just each one of you better bring 20 with you because that's what it's all about. And we've got to get this place full and we've got to get the numbers going so we can go buy our own building and we can get nice computers and we can get a 5 million rand sound system. We can do that. And let me tell you something. Do you know how many people will fall for that? They fall for it every day. Let's go for a drive now on a Sunday. I'll show you. Are you with me? Pastor is on fire. I'll take, you to, I'll take you to 10 places right now. They all think like that. You see, because what's happened is the people behind the pulpit are using, they're using people to build the ministry. Over here, we want to use ministry to build people. Amen? That's what it's all about. <clears throat> so how do we know you're getting built if we don't hear something from you? Right. How do we know you're getting built and you are growing and in your disciple, discipleship if we don't hear what's going on in your hearts? Are you guys cool with this? Come on. Amen. So we want to have an open forum morning. And uh, whatever you want to ask about New Testament realities, we're going to trust the Holy Spirit that we can bring it about in a way that you can understand and you can work with it practically. Yeah. Amen. Because yeah. remember, guys. As soon as the message is done here on a Sunday, it has to be so practical that you can use it as soon as you leave the door. Mm. If you can't use the message when you leave the door, it's useless. Amen? Are you with me? So, everybody ready? Get your pens and papers out, put your cell phones down, switch them off, and let's engage with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can I just uh, add to what you're saying? Yes. Um, Guys, it's really important because uh, over, the, especially this year, I think all of us have had the experience that we hear, man, Sunday's message, oh my goodness, it was amazing. You guys agree? Right? I mean, you guys walk out of here, it's like, wow, you know, it's like crazy. And then we dig a little deeper, like you're talking about now. Say, so, okay, well, what did you get from it? And sometimes the answer we get is not even related to what we spoke about here this morning, you know? And, and that's, that's okay, it's fine. It's just that, you know, when things like that happen, it's important that we address it because the image that we're always referencing back to is Christ. Amen? It is Christ glorified. Are you guys with me? So everything that gets taught here, you guys know that you are not short on information in this church. I mean, if anything, you're overloaded, okay? Because the guys up here like to talk. But anyway, <laughs> no joking. Because why? Because we're in love with God and we're in love with His Word. You know what I'm saying? And we want you guys to catch that same thing, all right? So when you're sitting here every Sunday and you're listening to the Word, it's not just about, man, that was good. It's, it's further than that. The, the question that we need to be asking is, geez, this was good, but okay, how does this become real to me now? Are you with me? Because unless it becomes real to you, it's of no benefit to you. Are you with me? That gnosis, that experience, uh, experiential knowledge that the Bible talks about is what sets you free. So everything that we spoke about in Living by Faith, and we're doing obviously uh, um, New Testament realities now after these seven weeks, uh, everything that we're talking about we're giving you guys tools and principles to transform what's in your heart and in your mind so that you can walk effortlessly as who you are in Christ. Are you with me? When you leave here and you hear this amazing word, and, and I know, Tasha, you can add more to this. Uh, when you hear the amazing word, you're like, what? You're so happy and you're free and you're light and you're excited. 
And then three, four, five hours later, you feel like you just went back to reset, you know? And you're like, geez, okay, what happened to that amazing word that I heard this morning? You know, we, we, just, we just accept it and we carry on. It's like, now there'll be another amazing one next week. <laughs> Are you guys with me? But the principles that you hear, like Pastor Diddy is saying now, is that when you hear it here in the morning, when you walk out there, the thing you must be thinking about is right. This is the truth about who I am in Jesus. How do I live this naturally, effortlessly, unconsciously? Are you with me? And how do I experience that Zoe life that you were talking about this morning in worship? Are you guys with me? So we can do the traditional template of information, 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 but that is not helping you. Are you guys with me? The next step is, all right, where are you guys experiencing the difficulty in making this thing real? I think the, the big shortfall is, yeah, guys, is this, and this is what happens, is we think it's about getting information and then we focus on what we think. Am I right? That's not what the, the, the scripture says. It is good to, understand, to know what we are thinking, to, to, to think about what we're thinking about so that we can have control in our soul, okay? But it goes further. The Bible says that as a man thinks, how a man thinks, so it's about taking the information, processing it to a place where it becomes a filter, a filter of a new identity that you carry so that when other information, contrary information comes in, when stuff that you've never had to deal with before comes in or stuff out of your control comes in, it's not about what you're thinking about because what is that going to help you? You're only as powerful, your, your positive thinking is only as powerful as your last positive thought. Yeah. Are you with me? It's not just about what you're thinking, it's about how you're filtering the thinking. What are you filtering it through? Are you filtering it through, filtering it through your philosophy of life, your, not, your past experiences? Are you filtering all the stuff that you're thinking and feeling uh, throughout you know, what you've been through and how you've, like Tass always says, you're using your old map. So if you're getting new opportunities, think about this. If you're getting a new opportunity, whether it's a, a good one or a bad one coming up in front of you, and you're still using the old map to process it, the old way of thinking, guess what happens? The opportunity passes you by and you're still the same person that you were before it came around. Are you with me? Yeah. It has to go deeper. It has to go into the heart. It has to be processed in the heart. We have to experience it. Amen? Turn to the person next to you. It's not just about position. It's about experience. It's not just about position. It's about experience. Amen. If you want to share something there, uh, Tussle. Yeah. Um, we just don't want to take too much time because yes, obviously yes. we want... Uh, you guys, yeah, to be able to go through it. But there's a technical term. Put it closer. Okay. There's a technical term called hermeneutics. And, and that is the way that we look at how we're going to interpret something. And, you know, we've taught you guys that your filters is always the names of God, the finished work of Jesus, the new covenant that we've been talking about, you know, and anything that goes contrary to that, well, we, we just have to, you know, interpret it from that. But then there is what we call revelation. Revelation is the 
what the word of God has is, is, is revealed to us. But then there's two types of revelations. There's one, what the word of God, which is general for all of us, like what we heard this morning. Let's, let's take, for example, that he owns everything and, and we, we don't own anything. We're just supposed to be stewards of it once we understand it. But now there is the second part of the revelation called application. In other words, how now do I take that and I apply it to my everyday life? And that's where the Holy Spirit, though, comes in. Because mm. you've got everything now down to the T. Now you need to know in my specific setting here, how do I apply it? You know? Because if you, if you don't get yourself to that point and say, Holy Spirit, I've done all this work. I've, I've taken all this information. I've processed it. I've filtered it through your word. This is the revelation that you are giving me, but now I need to apply it here to love my wife or my husband. I need to love my kids, you know? I need to um, have value for the business that you've given me to be able to, to do what I need to do. So I need your revelation. And you sit there and you wait in your heart until you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you the application of it. Because remember... The book of Proverbs says, wisdom comes from the mouth of the Lord. Now, that only happens. Wisdom is the application, not the general understanding, the knowledge for everybody that we get from the word. Mm. So, if it comes from the Lord, now I have to sit and wait. And the Holy Spirit gives or breathes into me for that specific moment how I need to apply it. And that's where we want to get everybody to, to be able to do that on a daily basis yeah. you see this is the this is the purpose you know um, of being a disciple and serving others with his love you know because because that's what we're doing so for me that is um you know the most important aspect of um because we can get knowledge guys there's so much knowledge out there and good knowledge as well you get 90 percent bad but you do get 10 percent really good stuff you know <laughs> But then you get it, but then how do you apply it? Because mm. if you don't apply it, it becomes useless. And the last thing that I wanted to get into is the word inspiration. Because once you get the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, and it can happen when you're driving a car, sitting here, and, and, and light bulbs come switch on, or you can be uh, anywhere. Suddenly you get this inspiration. You get inspired. You know, and once you get inspired, they say that you only have probably 12 to 24 hours to be able to get that and process it into your life. And that's the Holy Spirit. And if you don't sit down and do that, you know, in other words, okay, what did the Holy Spirit tell me right now? What, what, you know, what has come alive inside of me right now? Yeah. And you write that down as quickly as possible. And once you write it down, then go and, and make a bit, of, a, a, a bit of time and see, okay, let me allow this flow now to take place. Whatever is coming, write it down. Whatever is flowing on that specific point, just keep writing, writing, writing. A page or two, whatever it is, and at least you, you, you've got as much as you can because it can, it can come. I, I can get um, a sentence and that, that's come up and then I'll just go, okay, what is that about God? What is that about Satan? What is that about people? What is that about this area of finances? But the same point, 
and just keep writing things down, you know, in, in, in my relationships that I'm having, in business, whatever. Just write it down. Because once you lose it, the next day, forget about it. Yeah. It's over. You will not have that, that sense. You know, you go back and you read the same sentence. You wrote it down, but it means absolutely nothing to you. You actually, you actually lose the inspiration you behind lost it. it. Yeah, yeah, you lost it. That feeling that you yeah. got where you were like, wow, that is so yeah. awesome. Because you never went and, uh, like Tasso said, just chewed on it. Like a, a cow chews on yeah. its cud. Every time it chews, it gets more nutrients. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how we write something into the heart, right? Yeah. That's how we get it into the heart. So it doesn't just fall away like useless knowledge again. Right. Then you have to wait till next Sunday to get inspired by Pastor Tasso. Because when the Holy Spirit inspired you, you did nothing with it. <laughs> are, you, are you with me? I'm being serious. That's how it is. The Holy Spirit is giving you stuff all the time. I SMS my wife stuff. Now, she already knows. Because on WhatsApp, I'm driving in the car and God will give me something. And the lights come on. But, and I'm like, what? While I'm driving. I'm all over the highway. But I'm like... And I'm not going to forget that thing. And then while, for whatever the rest of the journey is, I'm just thinking about it, thinking about it. And then I go, geez, okay, how does that apply to my son-in-law, Lord, to be? <laughs> oh, how, how, how does that, how does that, how does this apply to my kids? And I actually take the thing and I, and I run it through my relationship with my daughters. I run it through the relationship with my wife. I run it through the relationship with you guys. I run it through with them. And I, and I, I put it through every little thing so that I actually I got some kind of working understanding of it. Yeah. Are, are, are you with me? Because without that, you've got nothing. Like Tasso said, after 12 hours, that feeling is gone. The information is there. But you didn't process it in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? You say to yourself, what made that so special? Yesterday <laughs> I was jumping, you know? Yeah, it's true. Now, today it means nothing to me. And we all done that. I'm, I'm oh, telling yeah. you that. I had to learn that the hard way, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, I would just let it slip because I thought, that's it. It's going to stay with me forever. If I got it now, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> I lost it. So, <laughs> yeah, let's get down to you guys. Amen. And you know, the Bible says, take heed to what you already know. Mm. Amen. Even if you did get it and you processed it and then you come here and tussle or, or bash gives it to you then, you, then it comes alive again because it's in your heart. Mm. Are you with me? And then you go, wow, connection, boom. How many, how many guys have read a scripture and you got something and then you come on the Sunday morning and we sing about it and all of a sudden you feel like, hey, are you with me? Because 12 hours hasn't gone past yet. You read it a couple of hours ago, and now we're speaking about it. Are you with me? So it's being kept alive. So you must understand, that's why it's called the living word, guys. It's alive. It's health to our flesh and our bones. Amen. What are we doing with it? Amen. Cool. Did you guys get something out of that? I think that's just over, over enough information already. Yeah, give God a round of applause. Thank you. Okay, so that's a very practical way of how to process things. So anybody wants to shout out something about their new identity or a question or something they've found difficult to process over the series, your question will help someone else. Rinas. Go for it, Rinas. Pastor, 
enjoy that microphone. Pastor Tasso, two weeks ago you had a beautiful word. It was once again one of those, wow, have to go sit and process, just take a chunk by chunk. Towards the end, you mentioned people praying or asking in Jesus' name, and it's not right. So I've been a bit confused, and so I just, I process this as we don't ask in his name because we've already got everything. So, but we still, when we pray, acknowledge Jesus because that's how we got it in the first place. Is that how I understand it correct? Or yeah, can you yeah. just elaborate on sure. that portion? That's a good question. Give him a round of applause, guys. Come on. Awesome. So lucky when we interact. Yes. So I think the most important thing that we need to understand that we need to divorce ourselves as using the name of Jesus as some kind of a, um, a, a sort of a magic, a, a, a magic wand, yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, it, you know, if you, if you look at those um, movies or books, if you read it with, you know, with magical sort of secrets and and, and stuffs like that, what the way that they perform magic is they, they call it incantation, which means you've got to say the words a specific, in a specific sequence, okay? And once you say those words in a specific sequence and you uh, give the right tone uh, into those words, and then right at the end you mention whatever the name is, then the magic takes place. Now, without us realizing, we have adopted a very similar uh, sort of uh, form of prayer uh, into, into church. Because we think, well, you know, if, if, if you're going to say it, you've got to say it, okay, this way you must pray, and then make sure you can't approach the Father without Jesus' name. So, and it's right the way it is, it is said, but the way we approach it, we see it as a sequence rather than that we're dealing with a person, you see. Rather than, than, than seeing it, this is a person and we have a relationship and this person represents something. His nature has done something. It's out of his nature that he produced that finished work, you know. And he went on our behalf and he inherited everything from the Father. Not that he didn't have it, he did have it everything before. But he did it so that he can now give it to you or you can enter into him a better way and experience what he's already given. That's right. So when we say to pray in the name of Jesus, now you begin to understand that you are not dealing with some kind of a magic formula here. Yes. That if you say the right words and then you tag the name of Jesus at the end, it's almost like sprinkling or sanctifying, even if it's an, it was an unbelief of a prayer or whatever. It will sprinkle it and suddenly it will sanctify it, make it acceptable to God, and then God can answer your prayer. You see, this is the type of thinking that we have yeah. when we come and we approach uh, 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 the throne of God in prayer. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the wrong 
concept. The right concept is Jesus has already entered into heaven. He's already inherited everything that needed for every human being, the forgiveness of sin, the free gift of righteousness. And therefore, he has inherited all of the promises. And they are in him, including anointings that people are looking for. So all you need to do is in your heart, when you begin to have a relationship with him, enter into him. And once now you sense, you know, that you're into him, you have inherited everything. In other words, in him is the abundance uh, of everything that he has. He's the peace, the joy, uh, the unconditional love, the acceptance, the approval, the calling, the predestination that you were looking for. I mean, anything you can imagine, the healing, everything is already in him. So when now I enter into him, all I'm doing is I'm beginning to experience all that he has. Okay? So now that is called a prayer in the name of Jesus. Only when I've entered into him. You see, the, when he says, for example, Jesus said in, in Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. Well, it's upon him. It's not upon you. You enter into him now. And whatever spirit he has becomes part of you. Come on. And that anointing that he has, you go out with a mission, the purpose and power to lose what already has been loosed towards the people, towards yourself, you see. So that's the first aspect of uh, praying in the name of Jesus. The second aspect of praying in the name of Jesus is any form of asking that the Bible is talking about all the way from Matthew chapter 7. Seek and you will find. Ask and it's going to be given. You know, knock and it's going to be open. Uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, the all the aspects in John where he talks about 15 and 17 about asking. You're not asking to receive anything that you already have. Okay? You are asking for yourself. It's got to do with you. You seeking, you knocking things that you already have. And you're going to go past all the doors that you've closed in your heart. Through your beliefs, through your, your sense of self, through your, the rejection that you have towards yourself, which has created boundaries that doesn't allow you to walk in love. That's what you're asking. By asking, you are creating an urgency in your heart. See, it's all about me now. That's what I'm asking. So I'm opening all of those gates up so that who I am is going to manifest. Generosity, all of those things that we want to, because that's freedom. Freedom is to walk in love and not to serve yourself. Amen. Oh, yeah. You see? So, and remember, the Bible always says in James chapter 1, don't come and approach for anything else he says, when you get into all kinds of situations, things that you've created yourself or things that have come towards you, what is the first thing if you're going to ask? Didn't say ask for healing. Didn't ask for your need to be met. Doesn't say anything like that. What does he say you need to ask? Wisdom. That's it. <clears throat> Why? And he says, when you ask, make sure you're in faith. Faith in what? 
Faith that it's already been done. It's already been given. You've already got it. Don't come and ask me to give you something that I've already given you. So the, 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 when I'm asking for wisdom, I'm asking, notice, for the practical application. Come on, sure. Guys, that is, the way that you just explained that is That's so huge. beautiful. That's I think huge. Just give God a round of applause. Yeah. My word. I, I, I hope that sort of answers it to, to in, a, in a sense. <laughs> I mean, just, just, you know, putting it into practical terms. And let's say a woman's waiting for a husband. Now she prays for her husband every day. And she's going, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm asking. But, but actually what's happening is the Bible says that all, all our prayers are yes and amen. Because it's finished, right? Okay. So, so why is the husband not, not coming yet? Well, what's not happening? Because, you know, there might be insecurities and stuff that you haven't, uh, uh, some doors and gates there that if you get a husband tomorrow you're going to destroy the oak <laughs> hey, son. Are, are you with me you're going to yeah, yes you're going to pound that oak to death yeah. <laughs> and, and vice versa you know because you, you're saying yeah, you, you're just seeing the external thing but God knows what's happening in Yah yeah so you ask him for the external, but God's going, listen, the external thing is sorted, relax. We need to deal with what's happening in there first because you're going to destroy the external things. Exactly. You know? But, man, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. And I think, you know what, the, the important thing, guys, is the foundation is always relationship. Always. You know? Always. It's, 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 almost, it's even been like, like, like being spirit-led. You know, everyone's uh, uh, focusing on the being led part. They're not focusing on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You can't have the leading without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you, you know, so if you want to be spirit-led, your consciousness must be on Him. Are you guys with me? Right? And even same with prayer, because, man, just the way you put it, it's like, it's beautiful. But think about now. Now, remember, you guys spoke about working it through. Just think about this morning. For those of you who pray when you wake up, right? If people still do that, I don't, I don't know. Uh, when you, if you prayed in the week, think about a prayer that you had, right? And what motivated that prayer, you know? And with this, like, template now, you know, that Tess was talking about from Scripture, think back and be like, okay, but well, wait a minute. When I prayed now, I didn't seek wisdom at all. I just made a request. I smacked on the, in the name of Jesus stamp. I sent it off to heaven, and now it's FedEx, three days, it'll be here, you know? That, that's literally how we think. That's what we think prayer is. But how can we pray for something to be given when we've got everything? This is why even in prayer, relationship is the foundation. Because we know, okay, Jesus, you are my wisdom here. Right now in this moment, I'm opening my heart and I'm trusting you to show me the practical way. How do I apply this? You know, it's not a magical thing that's gonna come with heaven's drone, you know, and be like, ooh, (laughs) there you go, you know. The issue is, I mean, we, we've spoken about this so many yeah. times. Uh, Old T- Testament or Old Covenant, sorry, terminology has changed. Why? When we go and, and we look at the word sanctification under the Old Covenant and we get the definition, okay? 
And the definition is to cleanse, to purify yourself, you know, so that you are going to be able to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit is going to come and you're going to experience the presence, especially for the prophets or the priests. That was sanctification. There were specific uh, processes that they needed to go through. Then we, when we come to the New Testament, then in the New Covenant we see that, ah, hold on, Paul is calling us saints immediately. He says, you're already sanctified in Jesus. Yes, that's it. Okay, so we've done that. Why don't we do it to all the words? Why don't you do the same thing to righteousness? Why don't you do the same thing to holiness? Why don't you do the same thing to everything? Because the terminology has changed. So if prayer in the Old Testament was different, prayer in the New Testament is different. If asking in the Old Testament is different, asking in the New Testament is different. Yes. The definitions have literally have changed. And nobody's looking at it. If grace was different in the old, grace is different in the new. Why? Aren't we looking at the definitions because there is a fundamental shift that took place when Jesus was raised from the dead? Let's go. Come on. You see, yeah. it's not about what I do to get God to do to me. It's what Jesus did and God blessed him and he invites everybody into him. Amen. Let's go. So you've got to keep looking everything, you know, from that perspective. Those are the lenses that you need to look at. Don't look at grace and see like everybody. You go look up grace. Why do you get the definition of other people? You got a thing. You, you know, you, you got a, a, a thais. You got a, a thing. Don't listen. Don't. I sit people and they regurgitate to me what someone else has said. Have you looked that up for yourself? Well, I'm not a theologian. You don't have to be a theologian. You go and you look up that grace does not mean mercy. Grace doesn't mean compassion. Grace doesn't mean love. Grace means strength and empowerment. Look at Thais. Why do you accept what other people are saying? Exactly. No, but he's my favorite preacher and he's all over. I don't care who he is. Yeah, he's all over the place. He's in the old and the new. Yeah. Please go <laughs> check it yourself. I think we've yeah. we've I think we have driven this home so much in this church. You can go around, go to any, and they're gonna give you the old and the new mixed. That's it. Yeah. When you mix, what is it called? Babylon, confusion. That's why when you sit down and you're asking God, but you're asking now in a totally incorrect way. Yeah. You know? And another thing with that with that, Renus, is um in the, uh, the in the name of in unity in the name that that thing as well you know if we all just say if we all pray yeah in the name of yeah. Jesus together then we're in unity yeah no, and the more the more no. people we get you yeah. know the faster it's gonna work like yeah. so so um, you know the the one million people that go and pray we've had we've had a couple of them those are amazing things that are happening it's awesome there's great fellowship taking place all that kind of stuff but they go and they pray and they think if we get a million Gazia we're going to change the situation. Yeah. But you can have a million guys there and not all of them are asking the way Tasso just asked, uh, explained. Exactly. Some of them are asking from a place of total disqualification, zero faith in their heart. Mm. But now we've got 20 oaks 
that are thinking they're disqualified and they have to ask from that place. We have another 20 who are like us and we're asking from the finished work of Jesus. Then we've got another 20 that are asking from the definition of asking in the new and the old. They're completely confused. But if we all just say in the name of Jesus, That's it. we're all unified in the faith. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, we're not. Because what you think the name of Jesus did for you is different to what that oak thinks the name of Jesus did for him. Are you, are you with me, guys? Come on. He says we have to come into the unity of the faith. That's it. What's our faith? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's it. We can't all have different ideas of what he did there. Are you, are you with me? It's so important. And, and if we choose to reject that, that truth, listen, guys, we must just accept the frustration that comes with it, eh? I don't know about you guys, but come, hey, remember a time when your prayers weren't getting answered? Ah, it was frustrating, man. Hey. Obviously, it's all the disqualification in your life. Exactly. You know? so, so asking in the Old Testament, sorry, I, I, want, I wanted to, and yeah. I forgot because I ran away somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I remember trails. Anyway, so asking in the Old Testament had to do where you go and you inquire to find out God's will concerning your situation. You were not sure, does he, does he want it? And you know there is a specific um, point that comes out there because um, you know there was a curtain between the holy and the holy of holies? Yes. I'm talking about the tabernacle. Okay, tabernacle is a tent that God used to come, just in case you people don't know, uh, in the Old Testament, and his presence was among the, the Israelites, okay? So there was a tent, and there were, it was divided into holy and holy of holies. So the, the, the person now who wanted to inquire of God, okay, there was a curtain, and, and it's, it, it brings out he was asking, but he, let's say he would get the, the word yes, you can go do it. The problem was they couldn't see his face. Do you mean, I, I want to see, do you, do you really mean it from your heart what you're telling me? Yeah. See, that was the key here. You don't even have to do anything like this today. Because today, all the promises are already yes. Don't come and ask me if it's yes. Don't come and ask me about your healing. Don't create your own sort of, um, you know, a doctrine if you can't get healed. I'm telling you from the beginning, it's yes to you. Number one. Number two, you have authority, not me. I've given it to you. That's right. You know, I, I was reading the other day, um, Matthew, and, and uh, in the beginning that Jesus was getting tested uh, by Satan. Okay. So he says, hey, listen, all these are mine. The first thing that came to, to my mind, who is Satan? He's a chump, man. Never mind that. He's a liar. Yeah. You know what? He's lying to Jesus when he says that. Because right in the beginning, God gave authority to man and he never took it away. That's right. So he's lying when he says to Jesus, all oh, these are mine. So are you going to listen to anything of a liar? That's all he knows. Yeah. Okay. So... I've got authority. I need to make a decision in my own heart. It's already been given. That's settled. I'm at peace with God. He's not against me. Okay, how are we going to work this thing out in my life today? I might have to start with simply just eating right. 
walking a little bit. It might be until I begin to work this thing, until I begin to see myself as healed, until I begin to experience myself as healed, until it goes into my bloodstream. That's what I know. It's going to go into my bloodstream and it's going to take that healing right through to my marrow, my bones, to every fiber of my being. That's it. It's a settled thing. Don't even ask about it. Because if we do, then we in unbelief. We don't believe in the finished work of Jesus. That's all I'm, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, there is to, to be said. There's nothing more. What else can you say? Yeah, exactly. Is there another question? Let's go for one more because that, uh, that's it. Yeah, ask it. Good day, guys. I just really want to thank you guys. Um, You've, uh, I've, I've, I've been focused on knowledge more than actually the spirit, uh, but it actually led me to the spirit, and I'm very thankful for that, and especially what they say about um, the temple. Um, I mean, only the high priest could go in there um, to go and offer the sins of other people. And uh, I've been like, um, okay, you have to take the blood and you have to put it on the altar and you have, uh, you have to take, uh, slaughter the goat and the blood has to run by the altar and you have to take the goat outside and um, sacrifice it there. And um, you had to have all this ritual to, to, um, for your sin offering. But it was more of a construct before the Messiah comes. And now that we have the Messiah, uh, we've got everything. Now, it's very easy. That's where grace abounds on us. And um, I've been very thankful. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Lekker, awesome. man. <laughs> Praise God, we don't have to do all that stuff, huh? <laughs> we can just connect and enjoy. Amen. Jesus is so good. Anyone else? Got something? Don't feel shy. Justin. Quiet, but we can hear you. You speak loud enough. Oh, it's for the live stream. They're not going to hear your question. You're going to need to come and ask it, yeah. Okay, I was just hoping um, for everyone that we can um, just um, tackle the guilt, shame, and condemnation uh, in the heart. And how do we address it? How do we identify it? Um, because it's like a weight. So that is the question. Sheesh. <laughs> the timing was lacking, like man. <laughs> well, uh, sure, there's just so much there. But yeah, um, very, <laughs> very quickly. <clears throat> Remember, when you look at the, the, the names of Satan, Beelzebub, the devil, okay? Don't look at, 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 at the, the actual being. Look at the descriptions. What does those names mean? So whenever you see the word Satan, don't picture the being itself. Picture the function of that name because that's what it's giving you there. And the word Satan means accuser. It means the person who is condemning you. Okay, those are what those names mean. So don't give place to the devil means don't give place to self-accusation. 
when Satan comes and steals something, it means the beliefs that you have. Because remember, all Satan did, people, I mean, we've given this guy so much credit, you, I, I can't believe it. All this guy did is he, he deceived you to do one thing, mm. to go fulfill the lusts of your flesh. That's, That's all he did. He says, you're the man, man. You're the lady. What are you talking about? You got needs. You go fulfill them yourself. That's all he did. Nothing else. Because that's what he did. He's giving you his wisdom. If you don't look after yourself, who's going to look after you? Okay. So he disregards everything that God made, the principle that he put in, in place. All of those things have been disregarded. As long as you the God and you fulfill whatever you need to do. Now, because of the, obviously of the way you've been created and you, you begin to, you know, to put all those things into practice, then you creating condemnation in your heart. Guilt comes up. Why? Because it's going contrary to the way you've been designed. Shame comes. Shame is an identity issue. All of those things begin to come up and they condemn you. It's the voice of condemnation. It's not Satan himself. It's the beliefs that you have adopted. you living them out and that voice keeps coming up. I'm not saying Satan doesn't exist. Of course he does. But I'm just saying you have believed the lie. And now... When you live the lie among the principles or the designs that are not in harmony with how you've been created and the world around you and the people, well, we got a problem here. Hmm. We are putting um, diesel into petrol engine. That's all we're doing continuously. Yep. So things are not going to work properly. And that's... When you begin to experience condemnation and, and, and accusation, self-accusation, that's the voice of the devil. But you are using it for yourself because of the way you've lived, the way you experience life. So now what you do is you go to the Lord, you repent. First thing we always do, you put off the old man. Put off means the way I've been thinking, believing, makes me experience this voice therefore i need to put that off that's not the real me the real me why i was created from now until eternity is to experience a relationship a love relationship with the lord him being the source and i now reflect his glory dispense his love that i'm experienced with him out towards the world that's the way this thing is functioning. Yeah. Now, I'm, ex I'm, I'm feeling all those things because I'm dysfunctional. I'm operating differently than the way I've been designed. So I go to the cross and I say, Jesus, you became this person. And therefore, I'm taking whatever I've done, the, the guilt, the condemnation, and now I'm, I'm putting it on you. And you are now becoming that person. I've got to see that becoming that person. And I've got to see whatever 
I'm experiencing, Jesus is experiencing, and then I see the end result where it kills him, not only emotionally, relationally, it, financially, it kills him in every area, and at the end he dies, it destroys his physical body where it rots and he dies. That's what this thing, now once you see that, your conscience is gonna release that because your conscience is always seeking justice. So it's going to release it because suddenly it saw the exchange. You see, notice the exchange. I give my life and then he gets raised up and gives me his life that he inherited when he believed his promises when he was raised from the dead. That God gave him personally, not to me, to him, to be able to have the power to be raised from the dead when he believes it in his own heart. So the Holy Spirit that came and raised him up is going to set you free because you're participating in the same process. And your guilt, your shame, your condemnation is gonna go immediately away. Listen to me, immediately. If you haven't done this, you better do it. Every day you must be partaking, that's mercy. Getting something that you don't deserve. Hey, so you partake of it, you set your conscious free. And when you set your conscious free, then you put on the new man. You, you, you enter into him and you experience his calling. You experience his destiny. You experience his unconditional love. And that's how it's done. And, and it works for everybody. And that's one process, one solution for all problems. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? God is good, eh? God is good. Guys, listen to me carefully. I want to give you a suggestion. There's three people that we sort of okay that you should listen to when you're not at church. There's three. I've only, I can only come up with three, guys. I come up with, if you, if you need to listen to people, and you, uh, okay, you're tired of hearing our voices all the time because you're watching our stuff. There's safety in Andrew Womack out there. There's safety in Joseph Prince. And there's safety in Jim Richards. The other folks. Please stay are, away. The other folks, are, 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 we're not being, I'm not being funny, guys, but they will bring confusion into your life. I'm not kidding. There's mixture, there's old and new mixed, there's confusion. And if you don't have these, these nuggets, these principles of how and who you are in God, you will get confused. And let me tell you something, because your flesh is fallen, family, you can hear a grace message 362 days of the year. On day 365, you will hear a confusing flesh message where you have to work for it and all the grace is going to get thrown out the window because you're going to feel stimulated in doing the positive confession and all these things to make yourself feel right instead of just doing what he said right now by entering into Jesus. Are you with me? I promise you, your flesh will go that way. It wants it. Your flesh does not line up with, doesn't line up naturally with what Tasso just said now. It has to feel like it's doing something in its own. Yeah. So, yeah, so please, 
Stay strict to who you're listening to. Those three names, I promise you there's safety. We've checked it out. We've been through everything. I promise you, almost everyone. It sounds so good and then all of a sudden, bloop, pops up. And you're like, you just annulled everything you just said. And confusion comes. Amen? Andrew Womack, Joseph Prince, Jim Richards, Tasso Papas, <laughs> Bashan Raghavan Man, Ed Elliott, Ed Elliott is another one, Ed Elliott, are you with me guys? Tre uh, Bishop Trevor Nimek, hey, Bishop, <laughs> and Apostle uh, Dalwan Libba, I don't know if you guys have heard these guys, but they are phenomenal, teacher Greg Smook, Awesome. Let's close our eyes and close in prayer there this morning. <laughs> I really don't care if the other guys heard me say that online. <laughs> I don't. I care more about the results in people's lives. More people need to hear it, to be honest. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that we have this freedom in this place. And we have this freedom to discover all the stuff that you've put in us, Lord, not under the duress of performance and work, but in this church you have set us free, Holy Spirit. This is your church, Holy Spirit. It's not the three of us who set anyone free here. You set us free, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that. Every day we are experiencing the potential of this beautiful life that Jesus died for us to have. And it's only because we are free from condemnation, free from guilt, free from works, free from ourselves. Thank you, Lord, that we are able on a daily basis to process our life through you. What we're feeling, what we're thinking, what we're acting. It's all because of you, Jesus. I ask you this morning just to continue, Lord, just showing them more and more about who they are in you so that it eventually overflows from themselves into their friendships, their families, and everybody they come into contact with, Lord. Let not one person in this room not be able to experience and share their experience with those around them. We love you. We love you, Jesus. And all those who love the Lord said, Amen. Amen. Give him a big shout of praise. Come on.